Hit the edge with your Premier League betting predictions. Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You can buy betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to EPL Insights with data provided by InfoGoal right here on Pinnacle and Pinnacle.com. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe with you. A very busy week as we try to cram in, reflecting on the past two Premier League game weeks and looking ahead to the next one. The game's coming fast and furious. We did have a little bit of a wobble last last time out last weekend. Liverpool City uh, provided the unpredictable for me result of the weekend with Liverpool winning 1-0. Not just a Liverpool outright win, but under the total as well. But other than that, I was able to cash in on some plus bets, three plus bets last weekend. So I came out of it relatively unscathed. Like like you said, the, it, it's all going, it's all happening in this country. We've had some really strange midweek results as well. Very low scoring round on Wednesday, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, and like you said, last week wasn't as best week, but we kept our head above water with a couple of of key winners there. I think one of my main plays was Spurs to cover the handicap against Everton. They scored very late to do that. Didn't look was really like they were going to do that, but they managed it. Chelsea win and the winter nil, which I think we were both really high on. Um, again, there's some Kepper magic in the net to 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 see that bet land um but yeah unders in a couple of games as well which landed for us but yeah these these kind of you know these back-to-back game weeks are really really difficult um to to kind of get your handle on what you're going to expect the following week because yeah there's so much chopping and changing within the team there's so much exhaustion you you see spurs particularly in midweek at manchester united and they looked rubbish they really did and I just wonder if that's part of that is, is fatigue because we know Conte is a manager that really doesn't like to to rotate his team. If they're playing and they're playing well and they're winning matches, he doesn't make any changes at all, the players. So something to keep an eye on because, you know, we've got three or four more weeks like this before the World Cup. Uh, last political quip, perhaps the PM's job is going to be more like the Wolves' job right now where just simply no one wants it. <laughs> no one wants it. No yeah. one wants just it. Staying away at, from at it. Uh, Liverpool back-to-back victories on the bounce against West Ham on Wednesday. Nothing, and I mean nothing, came easy. What did the XG suggest for that game? And does this lead you to believe that Liverpool is back, baby? They're on the, they're on the ascendancy once again. Uh, absolutely not. No, the the <laughs> performance, the performance. It was a really weird performance because they were absolutely dominant, weren't they, until the penalty? Uh, now the penalty is obviously a, a chunk of xG. You're talking 0.8 expected goals. I think West Ham finished with around nearly 2.5, so they still created a load of good chances even without the penalty. Uh, but up until that point, Liverpool were dominant. After that point, they played like they were three 0 up rather than one 0 up. <laughs> it was so open at the back, um, and and really worth almost going for the kill, which. I guess is is to be admired. It keeps the game entertaining. Uh, you don't see your passive uh, matches like you potentially get with Manchester City, where the opponents just kind of hold their hands up and say, "Okay, fine, take it." Um, but yeah, they they were fortunate with Liverpool, and it, it, it's they're an interesting case at the moment because it's, I still don't know where to put them. So I don't know what to expect from them on a week to week basis. They were excellent against Manchester City, um, but. You know that that defensive display against West Ham just throws so many more question marks out, and just there's, there's absolutely no way that they should. The last two matches should have finished one nil. By the way, the the no. quality of chances created by them and their opponents has just been huge. So something to bear in mind. 
Uh, we will be looking into Liverpool's game this weekend as one of our feature games. It's also worth, worth a quick mention, um, two sides that we suggested might have some top four value for a futures play United as well as Newcastle, both having a decent week, Newcastle going to old Trafford. It was a goal as draw somehow, despite United um, really throwing away two wonderful scoring chances late through Fred and Rashford, but United right back on track with that two nil victory midweek over Spurs and Newcastle still missing some key players, but efficient beating Everton one nil at home as well. Uh, both these sides look like they could be in the mix come the stretch. What do you make of what we've seen over the uh, over the course of the last week from those two sides? Yeah, they, they've both been impressive. Uh, obviously played out a goal of straw between themselves the weekend. Um, I think one thing that really springs to my mind anyway is, that is Manchester United in the big games have really, really impressed. Um, you know, particularly, I know they've only had, I think it's three home games, haven't they? Against Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, they've won all three. The visit to Man City was tough. Um, but they against the teams other than Manchester City, they've looked very competitive and, and arguably in certain parts of the game better. So that's definitely worth uh, bearing in mind before, as, as they obviously they head to Chelsea this weekend, don't they? Which is another big game. Um, as for Newcastle, I'm taking their like they, they they've they've been really impressive, um, and we'll get onto them a little bit later. Their underlying numbers have definitely elevated them um, to be the best of the rest, which obviously was previously held by uh, what, between Brighton from an underlying numbers perspective and West Ham from an actual numbers perspective. They've they've definitely put themselves in that in that bracket in that conversation of, of knocking on the door. I'm still a little bit wary of them just purely because of the schedule that they've had recently. It's been very kind. Um, you know, I was looking through the last six matches. I think there's only Spurs that they played. Um, sorry, no, Manchester United, sorry, that they played that finishing the top half last season. So, you know, they, they, they're going to have tougher tests down the road. Obviously, already played Liverpool and Manchester City this season. Um, but they, 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 they'll be tested even more. Flying colours for sure, the, the way in which they've come up through those last six matches with injury issues. But um, yeah, top six, as I keep saying, it just seems a bit of a push for me because I think the Liverpool will get things right and they will at least finish in the top six. United are, are showing a, a fairly consistent level now. Um, and, and Chelsea under Graham Potter, I think they'll only get better. Uh, but I have, got, I have got my concerns about Chelsea, which I'm sure we'll get onto when we, we dissect the Chelsea-United game. But I also like to look at who different sides have played. I'm all over the United bandwagon right now, by the way. Um, it's not just because that's where my allegiance stands, but if you look at actually who they played already this season in the, in the top nine teams, they played Arsenal city Spurs, Chelsea this weekend, Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton and Brentford. By comparison, Arsenal who are top of the table have only played three of those sides, three. So, I, I mean, it, you know, strength of schedule, your fixture list absolutely matters here. United have had a difficult start. Uh, sides like Arsenal, you know, I, a colleague of mine's like, Arsenal's going to win the Premier League. I'm not buying it. Plus 600. Is, is that a number that you still refuse to touch, Jake? I mean, plus 600 right now. It's going down by the week. They have a four-point cushion atop the table entering the weekend. Is that a number that, at the very least, is tempting you? Um, no, no, it's not. Um, if it was a touch bigger, it might. I just think the they've, they've obviously got two massive head tears with Manchester City. Um, one that should have been played this midweek was actually postponed because of the rearrangements um, due to the, the Queen's passing. But like you said, they've not really been tested. Um, the, the toughest game to date, you'd have to say, was Man United away. Uh, they lost that. 
They've had two home games against Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah. Um, I thought they were excellent in both. But other than that, they've not really been tested. And, and there were... Last week was the first time where we saw a few chinks in the armour. Um, it was actually the first time they lost the XG battle all season long in the Premier League. Uh, actually, the same time uh, as Manchester City as well. They also lost the XG battle for the first time. Um, so it's a bad week for those two. Um, yeah, I, I've still got my question marks. I think the the World Cup is going to be an issue for them just purely because of their, their squad depth is not as great as as the likes of Manchester City. Um, so, you know, if you've got some stars to go in there, some key players, uh, I think most of their starting level will probably be, be there. Um, you know, even Partey, Xhaka, uh, Saka, Martinelli, you'd expect to be there and Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be a problem for them. I'm still nowhere near uh, trusting them just yet to to go and get the job done. Um, but yeah, go, just going to back to what you said about the schedule, the Manchester United having a tough schedule... Is there any train of thought that makes you think that United actually benefit from the tougher matches because they get a bit more space to play and, and operate and break, whereas against the, the tougher, or the low blocks, if you like, from the, the lesser likes, they actually struggle? Stylistically, absolutely. I think that it comes down to United simply doesn't have the reliable goal scorers that other teams have. They can create chances. They can they can take the play to size. They look much more fluid in their attack. I, I'm really enjoying watching the evolution week to week of what the Eric Ten Hag methods are, are bringing to the forefront. But if you don't have players that can finish, then, then you have a real problem. Rashford, not a natural finisher. Sancho, not a natural finisher. Anthony, his time in, in Holland wasn't a natural finisher. And with Cristiano Ronaldo going out the tunnel and, you know, quite frankly, not required surplus to requirements right now for the way that he wants to play. There's no easy answer where those goals are going to come from. That's the one thing that holds them back. The XG totals are looking better. The underlying numbers are looking better, but they simply just don't have that, those regular finishers in the team that some of the other actual contenders um, in the Premier League this season, they they have. So I think that's the only, the, the one element that's holding them back. I'm not sure if your numbers tell you something different. I just look at the individual players um, compared to the chances that are being created. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure it's like for like. Yeah, the, the one thing I've noticed of the last couple of weeks in particular, um, and I guess across Europe League as well, is, is that they've, United have been, They've racked up decent enough XG totals, but they've come from a lot of shots. Um, yeah. Their shot choice and shot placement's not been very, very smart. Um, obviously, it's against Spurs in midweek. There's quite a lot of long-range efforts that required decent saves. Um, but you know, from a from a probability standpoint, you're not going to score those as often as what you are the likes of Man City, who get to the byline, cross it six yards out, tapping, um, which is something that we don't see a lot of from Man United. And I think that's something that that needs to change really because that they're the kind of um, they're the kind of goals you need to beat the lesser teams, the ones that sit deep. You need to get in behind them, whereas United are at their very best when the game's stretched, when they're playing against an opponent who's decent coming onto them. Um, I think we've seen that with all of Liverpool, Spurs uh, and Arsenal. I think the, the Bruno goal was a prime example yesterday. Uh, it's just come from a really stretched back line from Spurs at the back, big gaps, big spaces, um, and then United have got the players to exploit that. Yeah. Yeah. And set pieces have been a problem for United as well. Just nowhere near good enough, but um, still very much a work in progress. We should let our listeners and viewers know recording this podcast, two more games to go on Thursday. These weird Thursday fixtures, Fulham, Aston Villa, Leicester City, Leeds. So we'll be projecting ahead to game week 13 without knowing the actual results of these games. Um, But we do have the odds and the best odds feature at pinnacle.com. 
So let's kick on and get into this weekend's fixtures, starting with Saturday. Nottingham Forest, the nightmare in the Premier League continues as they welcome Liverpool as Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to be playing by the Trent. Incredible. You just love when a player is playing near a river with their namesake. Um, man, the river has been running the wrong direction for Forrest, hasn't it? Uh, another goalless draw against Brighton. They have one goal scored in their last four games. And the XG battle in that match against Brighton wasn't even close. 2.34 to just 0.23. Forrest hasn't won a game in their last eight. Liverpool climbing the table, although their expected goals against 12th in the Premier League right now. Uh, They only played 10 games as well, while other sides have gone on and played 11. Back-to-back wins, however, over Man City and West Ham at home. Even West Ham at its superior XG, 2.68 to 2.37, according to info goal in that game. Jared Bowen missed a penalty. Thomas Suchek, he hasn't slept for days. He couldn't have after missing a wide-open goal as well. Um, Three wins in a row uh, for Liverpool in all competition. Away, though, it's been a little bit of a challenge. Anfield's been a different story for Liverpool, where they've looked absolutely legit away from home, a loss at Arsenal, drew at Everton, loss at United, and a 2-2 draw opening day at Craven Cottage as well. And that injury list continues to lengthen. Diaz, Matip, Keita, Cunate, uh, Melo, and now Diego Jota is out through the World Cup as well. And I'm not sure how you feel, Jake, and what the results look like, but the 4-2-3-1 formation that they're playing doesn't do it for me. And oh yeah, they need a point, and they play Ajax on Wednesday in the Champions League as well. Uh, If you like Forrest to win this game, plus... 1,117 plus 501 for the draw, minus 361 for a Liverpool win. The goal total set at two, minus 141 for the over, uh, or sorry, the handicap is set at two, minus 141 um, uh, to cover, plus 126. And the total set at three with minus 123 for the over and plus 107 for the under. Uh, What do you make of this tie here? Because the way that Liverpool is playing doesn't give me any confidence, but perhaps going to play Nottingham Forest. That's exactly what the doctors ordered here. Yeah, it could well prove that way. I think I still have so many question marks about these two teams because they keep they're not really finding any consistency. Um, Forest had shown to be a, a decent-ish defensive team prior to the trip to Brighton. They'd actually only shipped 1.1 expected goals against per game across the last oh, across the five matches before they went to the Amex. Um, and as you said, they got absolutely blown up at the Amex and were really fortunate to get a um, get a point. Was that a one-off? Um, not too sure. Or the other question is, are they just simply more susceptible against the better teams? You know, you think Manchester City had no problem swatting them aside and creating chances. It's just those lesser sides that have really struggled um, to create good opportunities. As for Liverpool... As we've already discussed, um, the last two 1-0 wins did not be 1-0 games at all. There have been way more chances in there. You could argue the City game should have been a 2-1 uh, to Liverpool. The West Ham game probably should have been 2-2 based on the balance of the quality of chances. Um, so, yeah, chances are flowing uh, in their matches at both ends of the pitch. And that that, set, that latter, both ends of the pitch, is the main concern for me, is that they are conceding good chances. That's not changing one bit. Um and yeah, away from home, you mentioned really struggling. They've they've obviously not won in any of the matches away from home. They've actually drawn with Fulham and Everton as well. Two teams who I think we pre-season expected to be in and around the relegation zone. Uh, and their underlying process has is, is been really disappointing defensively all over the place. 1.8 expected goals against per game. So 
Yeah, I'm really struggling to find a, a, something that I like in this. So th- this is a no bet for me. It's a rare no bet in one of the highlight games. Um, but yeah, I just find these two teams really difficult to predict at the moment. And, you know, you, you factor in the, like you said, the injury issues for Liverpool all over the pitch now um, with Jota, who, who's going to be missing. So that doesn't allow as much rotation in forward areas. And, you know, tiredness could easily creep in for the likes of uh, Nunes and Salah, who are expected to play quite a lot of football over the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I just I just swerved this. I, I thought it could be anything, this one. It could be a, a really comfortable away win. It could be a, a forest cover and a big handicap. Um you know, so yeah, I, I, I'm just happy to just sit and watch this one on Saturday and, and get ready for the late kickoff. I'm with you. Uh, it's a no bet for me. There, there's no real historical context either. They played in the FA Cup last season. Liverpool won that match 1-0. But Nottingham Force has changed so much since that time. Like the squad is unrecognizable. And that's the only game in this millennium. <laughs> that these two sides have played one another. So I tried to talk myself into under three at plus 107. I just can't get there. Based upon Liverpool's shaky defensive play, the injuries, the form of Forest, um, it's just a stay away for me. So we're aligned with a no play uh, for that opening yep. match of the weekend. Um, I will have a play here. And it's courtesy of a bet that I made last weekend. More into that in a moment. But second in the table, Manchester City. They host Brighton in what should be a real watchable game from the Etihad this weekend. City didn't play midweek. It's it's still very weird to me that Arsenal and City didn't play. They're coming off that 1-0 loss last weekend at Liverpool. And just a 1.14 XG in that game. And only the second Premier League game this season that Erling Holland did not score. Uh, the other game he didn't score was Bournemouth. Weird. Anyways, four points back of Arsenal now on the table, but they still have the best XG and the best best expected goals against in the Premier League this season. They do play Dortmund in the Champions League on Tuesday in Stones, Phillips and Walker, uh, still all long-term absentees. They've gone over the two and a half goal total in six of eight and seven wins of from seven coming at home in all competitions this season. And get this, in those seven games played at home, 31 goals for and just six goals conceded. Brighton, difficult times under Deserby. Um, they haven't won in their last four games, but their XG just shows they haven't been rewarded. Against Brentford, a 2-0 loss, a 2.03 XG to 1.81. They also drew Liverpool, lost to Spurs. And against Forest, a 2.34 XG to 0.23 in a goalless draw, they're third in info goals expected league position right now. Like their XG and their XGA is, is great. Uh, maybe perhaps just, just, it's just been a little bit of a difficult run of fixtures. That's um, stalled them to a certain degree over the last few weeks. Uh, Brighton doesn't have a clean sheet. in Their last 12 against man city. They lost three nil in this fixture last season and city and Brighton head to head have gone over the goal total of two and a half in six of seven city has been the first to score in their last six games and city's been the first half winner in nine of 10 against Brighton. No surprise here. City are a significant favorite. The handicap set at two plus one Oh four to city to cover that the goal total at three minus minus one thirty-five for the over plus one eighteen for the under. Uh, what do you make of this one city on rest? That is a scary proposition for me. hundred percent. Yeah. It could be a really long afternoon for Brighton. Um, but I just think the, you know, the, the way in which Brighton have been attacking suggests to me that they're, you know, they're, they're going to create chances at the Etihad. 
I think that that's that's going to be the case. As, as you've already said, they they've racked up loads of chances in the last few matches and just haven't been rewarded, uh, not been taking them at a rate we'd expect. And prior to the last three shutouts, um, the last three in which they failed to score, they they also racked up you know over two expected goals at Liverpool. So they've shown that they're more than capable of going to tough tough places and, and creating chances. And then I also look at Manchester City. Um, they've played five games at home. You can almost categorise, well, I think you can categorise the teams into good and rubbish, the ones that they've played. Um, rubbish being Bournemouth, Forest and Southampton and good being Palace and Manchester United. I say good, like, you know, slightly better. And I think Brighton fall into the category of slightly better. And the the, the difference between those two categories is that the rubbish teams haven't scored. The good to slightly better have scored a couple. Um, and, and I think that, that Brighton can go there and, and create chance and score. And I'm just really surprised to see both teams to score at, at plus 110. I, I think that's a very backable price. Um, and yeah, this could be a really, really high scoring bit of a shootout, if you like. Um, yeah, I, I really like the look of that both teams to score. I think Brighton, the way in which they're playing, they're creating loads of good chances. They're getting really good positions. Um, and sooner or later, one one's going to go in. Just just natural regression to the mean. If you keep doing the same positive things, you're going to get a positive outcome. Um, yeah, I guess Brighton going to Anfield, coming away with a three three is kind of the template for them. They need to come out and play Man City, right? You just you just can't sit back and try to soak up pressure. And that's not the way that Brighton plays. I'm inspired by my Arsenal first half bet of a weekend ago against Leeds that came through at um, plus 117. It, it was nervous. It wasn't easy for Arsenal, but they did come away with the first half victory there. I'm going to look at the first half goal total for this game. And it's set at 1.5 at plus 178. Um, goals in the first half have been a regular thing when Man City played at home, whether it's their, their scoring or the other side. Against Southampton, two goals. Against United, four goals. Against Forest, three goals against Palace. Crystal Palace did score two goals against them as well. Bournemouth, three goals. There's a theme here. Goals being scored in the first half of Manchester City home matches. So over the total of a goal and a half at plus 178, I'm going to go there. I typically don't make first half bets, but this is going to be back-to-back weeks. I'm going there. I think there's some real value. 1.5 plus uh, 178, that's too good for me to pass up. Definitely. I, I like that a lot. I think the, the fact that they've got a midweek Champions League game as well could help with that. Um, you know, the short turnaround, I think you'll start to see teams starting to rotate players a little bit earlier. Um, I think 60 minutes maybe you might start seeing players being taken off, in which case you want to have the game wrapped up. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I think City, every chance they could be maybe 2-1, two, 3-1, two, one, one, something like that in the first half if, if they come out all guns blazing. That allows him to to wrap Haaland, De Bruyne in cotton wool. The uh, stamp of approval from the Oz is appreciated. So we're going to go go ahead. Each have a play for that, Matt. Uh, The game of the weekend, Saturday fixture. Fourth place Chelsea facing fifth place Manchester United. Chelsea played to a nil-nil at Brentford. Just a 0.55 XG for Chelsea. But we're in Kepa's world now. 
you know, and, and and we're just living in it. Just another clean sheet for, I guess, the new number one under Graham Potter at Chelsea. Jake went into that in great detail last weekend and was spot on. Chelsea hasn't lost at home in all competitions this season. No losses in seven overall. No goals conceded in their last five games. Bringing a new attacking manager yet defensively much more sound. The first to score in four of five and the first half winner in four of five as well. And this all comes with no Conte, no Fafana, no Reese James all out long term. United were outstanding against Spurs in a 2-0 victory, a 1.57 to just a 0.81 XG in that game. Harry Kane was invisible as United continued to get the job done at home. 28 shots, by the way, 10 on target in that game for United. They haven't lost in their last five, no goals conceded in the last three. Their last seven goal scorers, by the way, have been all different players. So the goals aren't coming from just one player. It's being spread across the board. We'll see what happens to Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, leaving Old Trafford before the game was even done. Martial is a question this weekend. Head-to-head, interestingly, if you, you know, these two sides relatively even in the table. What about the last four times they played? One one in both games last season. Goal is draws in both games a season before, and they've gone less than a than two and a half in terms of combined goals in five of their last six games. Uh, Chelsea does have a game against RB Salzburg on Tuesday. Um, so keep that in mind, looking ahead to potential squad rotation or what that may mean for Chelsea. Those two victories against AC Milan really helped their case in the Champions League. So they might be clear and done. And the priority will probably most likely be Manchester United this weekend. Plus 116 for a home win, plus 252 for the draw, plus 263 for an away win. The total is set at two and a half, minus 113 for the over, plus 102 for the under. Who do you like here, Jake? This this is one of my favourite bets of the week. Um, yeah, I, I think you just said it there. That the the previous meetings, one one last um, in both games last season, nil nil the time before. I'm hoping for a repeat because I'm going for an under two and a half goals, uh, which is at plus one hundred two. It was either that or the draw because I think these two teams are very evenly matched at the moment. And um, yeah, the, the unders just takes the 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 win for me. Just. I said at the top of the show, um, I've got a few concerns about Chelsea. Uh, and I know you highlighted a couple of uh, potential concerns early on, the fact that the schedule was very kind. Um, well, not only is, this, is the schedule being kind, the, the results uh, have been really, really good, but the performances haven't been impressive whatsoever um, over that four-game span. Um, lost the XG battle in, in both games against Aston Villa and Brentford. Um, but yeah, the overall, I mean, it's a small sample size we're working with still, so... I have to take this with a bit of a pinch of salt, but um, across or since Potter was appointed, they've averaged just 1.35 expected goals for per game, which is the 11th best in the Premier League. 1.46 expected goals against per game, which is the 13th best in the Premier League. Uh, and they've racked up 1.33 expected points per game, which is actually the 12th best in the Premier League. So the, the those numbers are not very good. They're not top four worthy. And the fact that they've come against um, the level of opponent that they have in the sense that they've only played Crystal Palace, Wolves, Villa and Brentford. You know, I think it's only Wolves out of those four that finished in the top half last season. But as we've spoken about a lot, Wolves really didn't deserve to finish in the top half. Four teams there that, that you know, you'd expect, they've obviously got good results, but you'd expect better performances against those four teams and better underlying numbers. So that's a huge question mark for me, a huge issue. 
in in looking at getting Chelsea on side uh, moving forward until we start to see that corner being turned. What it does tell you though is that they're not creating a lot of good chances and they're not conceding a lot of good chances, which ultimately led me to the under two and a half goals. And and couple that with the fact that United have proven to be a very difficult team to beat recently, one defeat in eight uh, in the league. They were really good against Spurs. The defence has been really tight since uh, they they were blown out by Manchester City. They conceded expected goals totals of, of 0.73, 0.94, and 0.81 in those uh, in the last three Premier League matches. But they are struggling to create chances, as I touched on earlier. The, the fact that they they they're relying on a lot of shots from distance. I mean, 28 shots against Spurs for an XG total of just over 1.5 is not gonna is not gonna cut it in the long term. Um, they, you know, if you if you're racking up 28 shots, I'd like to see at least two expected goals, um, maybe more. But uh, they're not consistent. I've got, like I said, question marks about Chelsea generally. Question marks about United's attack, but def- both defenses seem to be in in a pretty good place right now. Um, in which case, I just think the unders is a, is a massive price. I expected it to be odds on, to be honest, because of um, you know the long term trends of Graham Potter have been really solid defensive play uh, whenever he's, he's been in charge, whether that be at Brighton, even at Ostersunds. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting stuff. That uh, and the fact that we've got. This price, I just think it's a, it's it seems like an open goal, which ultimately means it's going to be a four <laughs> four. That that's that's the only reason why I'm not touching the total here because everything in terms of the data suggests the under and a, a close game here. Um, I just think the wrong team is favored. <laughs> I don't think that Chelsea's a better side than Manchester United right now. They have a negative expected goal differential, Chelsea. United has actually flipped that around. They're, they're on the right side of that number now. Um, am I confident enough to say that United's going to go to Stamford Bridge after coming up with a big result against Spurs to go on and outright win it? I think they can. I'm not confident enough to make that bet. I think that draw, um, making that play makes a lot of sense. But if you're going to give me um, plus... Uh, 0.25. So if it does come away with a draw, United comes away with a half win as well at plus 107. That seems a decent play for me. Um, so you, you kind of half back the draw, but you fully back United at, at a plus number in this game. So uh, with the handicap of plus 0.25 at plus 107, that's my play. I think the United should be the favorite in this game, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I don't I wouldn't go that far. Um, I think Chelsea. Are, <laughs> uh, I just think the, the you know the 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 things that like home field advantage is factored in quite heavily, and and I would suggest looking at these prices um, that the the market is is saying that Chelsea are a better team on a neutral venue. Um, in which case, if you think the opposite, then absolutely go for United with a with a head start. Um, at the moment, as 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 we've discussed with the data. Not really trusting enough uh, in either team uh, to to go with a handicap. I just think that a low scoring affair is is in the offing. Really, I, I won't be surprised to see it being nil nil. To be honest, um, they're they're both in in touching distance of the top four. They're very close to closing the gap on the likes of Spurs, City above them. So it feels like a game that neither will really want to lose to a fellow rival. Uh, and it might be one of those where you get to eighty five minutes, it's nil nil or one one, and you just start to see a little bit of. Okay, we'll take this. 
Um, in, w- in yeah. which case, obviously, that gives the owners even more. I just think the stakes are higher for United right now to close that gap with with, with Spurs and the rest of the the top four. And look, uh, although I'm a little bit pessimistic on you know their lack of finishing in the team, what they do have right now are two fullbacks in very good form, a solid partnership at centre back for the first time in a decade. Casemiro has changed the complexion of this team in midfield as I, well. I, I, like, I just, all I the like, pieces I are like starting the Casemiro to come together. Fred. You know, yeah. the, the Casemiro Fred I like because they played together for Brazil for years when Brazil were, were playing really well, winning Copa Americas. That that seems like a really nice pairing for a game like this. A big a bigger game, if you like. You've got that extra security blanket. Maybe not as much progressive passing as what you get with Ericsson, but they two, they, they seem to complement each other really nicely. And, and, and I'll say this, in, in some of those, the numbers that you threw out about United and their XG in, in recent games, a lot of them came with Cristiano Ronaldo leading the line. He will not be leading the line this weekend, which I actually think is beneficial for this team and their output. You're right. They haven't been generating the chances, but it's not in the buildup play. It's that final ball, that final decision that's been lacking there. And I think that no Ronaldo in this team probably means better results for this group as well. So uh, something to, to keep disagree. in mind. I think the, the only thing I'd probably add is, is you touched on the fact that Chelsea have got a Champions League game on Tuesday. That's actually a, quite a big game given the state of that group. That they they If they want to top the group, they need to go to Salzburg and win. Um, and it's the same for United. You know, they, they, uh, you, you know, as Games United on fan, Thursday. Might, Tuesday, yeah, Thursday is the different. That's why. But they're, they're, they're chasing the, um, you know, Real Sociedad down in that group. And, and if they finish second in that group, then they have to play another two matches, whereas the winner of the group goes straight to the knockout stages, uh, the quarter finals actually so the, the runner-up goes into a last 16 which features teams from the Champions League yeah. dropping down so not only do you have to play a potentially stronger opponent to get to the quarterfinals you also have two extra matches in a season that's going to be super tight anyway in terms of turnaround so there is a real importance if United want to do well in the Europa League to to continue that winning trend and uh, and you know oh, well, I think we've seen I've been really surprised that Ten Hag's not rotated his team as much as as um, as what the likes of Potter has. Maybe it's just because he doesn't trust the players that are back there. Um, but he, you know, he, watching the Europa League game against Amoni and Nicosia, and you see the likes of Dallo starting, um, Sancho, Anthony starting as well. Fernandez has played a lot of football. Um, I just wonder if, you know, if, if he's just going a little bit too hard with them. Um, or maybe, maybe that's the reason why all the pressing stats are down. Maybe maybe they're trying to rotate, uh, trying to just almost pivot in terms of playing style, not be as gung-ho in, this, in what is such a really tight season and just pick the moments to do that. So really fascinating watch from a tactical perspective. Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to build some continuity in the team, new manager, Difficult to do. Uh, build some positive momentum for a for a club that has been mired and clouded with bad news for how long now? And if Sheriff on Thursday at home, and you're not going to Moldova, you're playing at Old Trafford. If, if that's a scary proposition, then United have more problems. I don't think it is. I think that that's where the rotation is. It's still a, it's still a must-win game, game, isn't it? That, that's yes. what I meant. Yes. It's still, it's still a must-win. Um, of course. But yeah. Uh, I can't wait that for it. Good. Chelsea United, always a good fixture. Um, always will have some intrigue to attack minded managers. We're not dealing with Mourinho or on either side anymore. Um, it should be a game where I'm hoping both teams go for it. That's the only re- I, I get it with the numbers. I'm just staying away um, from the goal total in this game for now. Uh, on Sunday, I'm cheering on some really, really boring passing around the back. Really good defensive football there. Uh, Sunday. Southampton coming off an actual win for the Saints, a 1-0 win over Bournemouth midweek. Uh, They play Arsenal, top of the table, who 
didn't play a midweek fixture. Uh, two decent results back-to-back for Seth Hampton, I guess. Jay Adams scored. They don't won in their previous five games, but the game before that was a 1-1 draw with West Ham on Sunday. Bella Kuchap and Lavia and Livramento remain out for Southampton. Uh, for Arsenal, they struggled to a 1-0 victory over Leeds. As Jake previously mentioned, their first game of the season in the Premier League, but they lost the XG battle. 2.35 for Leeds, including a Patrick Banford penalty miss. Just, man, it was just a uh, misfire after misfire in that game for Leeds United to just 0.86 for Arsenal. Saka did score the goal. Uh, they actually had a worse XG against Bodo Glimt in, in the Europa League before that as well. Um, never mind the underlying numbers. They've won seven in a row. They've gone over the goal total of two and a half and eight of 10. First to score in seven of seven. And the first half winner, including last week against Leeds United, thank you very much, in five of six. Uh, head to head, Southampton has been the first to score against Arsenal in four of their last five games. And Southampton won this fixture last season by a score of one to nil. Still the Saints, significant underdog, plus 43 for a home win plus 329 for the draw minus 163 for an away win with Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal's look great. There's no denying it. 9-0 and 1 in the season, a four-point cushion, 27 points. I would have never guessed that. Uh, Does this train continue to run through Southampton this weekend, Jake? There's every chance, yeah. Um, But I'm not confident enough to back them at the price. I, I I think they were a lot shorter last week against Leeds. Um, and they have been shorter in recent away matches, but yeah, they're, they're still too short for me to to think about getting on on side. And and I don't trust them away from home enough uh, to to get them on a handicap either. I think the handicaps line set at minus one, um, which means that you get your money back if they win by a one goal. You get a winner if it's two or more. But everything that I've seen so far, away performances and underlying numbers suggest that, that that's one to be swerved. And um, you know. It, the main reason for that is that they really struggle to create chances when playing away from home. Uh, at home, they're racking up 2.6 a game, expected goals. Uh, away from home, it's 1.4. So there's a massive drop-off in terms of the quality of chances they're creating. They do seem to be more cautious. They seem to be um, uh, you know, focused more on being difficult to beat, difficult to score against, which makes sense, really, because you know it's a long season. And, and if, if you dominate your home matches and win all your home matches, you're going to be in a really good position. Away from home, if you if you you know, pick up the occasional 1-0, 2-1, uh, along with a couple of draws, then that should stand you in good stead. Um, and yeah, that's what they've been doing. They're, they're the best de- de- defensive team in the league when travelling, um, allowing just 1.17 expected goals against per game. And I think it's going to be similar here. And I just, I couldn't, again, couldn't believe the price that we're getting for um, under goals. Um, slightly bigger, higher line in this game, under two and three quarters, um, but you're getting plus 102 for under two and three quarters. And that basically means that if there's uh, not one or two goals, we get a winner. If there's exactly three goals, we get a half loss. So if it finishes 3-0, 2-1, we get half a loss. If there's four or more, we get a full loss. Uh, and I don't see there being three goals in this game. Southampton have really struggled to create chances in the last six matches. 0.9 expected goals four per game across that period. Um, so yeah, that, again, I just think this is going to be a really, really tight game with few few scoring chances. Uh, probably one in which Arsenal edge again with a, with a 1-0. Yeah, um, I understand the logic. I'm staying away from this game altogether. I I have no bet in this game because although I think that Southampton are better than they've been, what the table suggests, I think they're like an absolute mid-table side. I don't think they're relegation fodder, but when they're bad, 
And it oftentimes happens against the best teams in the league. They're very bad. They, they, like they can ship two goals that can turn into four like that. I, I just don't trust them when they, when it comes to playing the best teams in the Premier League, it's a stay away for me. I, I, would it shock me if Southampton kept this close? No. Would it shock me if Arsenal, you know, completely blew them away, having not played a midweek fixture? No. So that just tells me that <laughs> my head, the data, my gut, none of it suggests any play here. So this is a big stay away for me. That's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I, I just really think the way in which Arsenal are defending away from home, very conducive to low-scoring matches. Um, and Southampton, they're, they're no great shakes in attack. So yeah. I think we could be in for a bit of a uh, a bit of a dull encounter before we get warmed up for a, what should be a better game. Yeah. Uh, which, and let's get straight into that game. Um, this is a litmus test game. As I, It's a show it to me. What are you all about? It's Spurs and Newcastle. Spurs are coming off that 2-0 loss to Manchester United, third place in the table, facing sixth place Newcastle, who are really on the rise. Spurs have gone less than two and a half goals in four of their last five games. Antonio Conte is being brandished for playing boring football in Let's be honest, it hasn't been great. Uh, They haven't lost, however, in their last seven games at home in all competition. They're a much different side playing at home than they're playing away or Spurs, but they do play sporting on Wednesday in the Champions League as well to keep that in mind. They really miss Kulusevski. He's a question mark out of this weekend. Richarlison is out for Spurs as well. So that's not good news from an attacking perspective because with Kane nullified against United, there was very little from a creative uh, perspective. Newcastle just keep on going along to doing their business. A 1-0 victory over Everton. Amaron, another goal. He's been great this season. The former Atlanta United player in MLS. They haven't lost in six. And that loss came in a 2-1 loss against Liverpool. What was the goal by Carvalho in like the 98th minute? Like <laughs> in the bonus, it was bonus, a late bonus one. Yeah. Extra times. Uh, they have the third best XG on the season, the Premier League, 21.3. Still no Isak. St. Maximum still a question mark, but it really hasn't phased him as Almiron has really taken up that role. Uh, Spurs won in this fixture last season. 5 1 was the final. It was played in May. Spurs hasn't, haven't lost to Newcastle in their last five, but no clean sheets for Spurs in their last six, no clean sheets for Newcastle in their last five as well. They've gone over the two and a half goal total in four of five. Both teams to scores cashed in five of five as well. And Spurs with the first half win in four of five. Spurs are the home favorite at plus 114, plus 263 for the draw, plus 258 if you like Newcastle away. I know you have a play here. I cannot wait to hear it. Where are you going with this one, Jake? I am going with Spurs to win. Um, again, it's it's more it's a half price play, half data play. Um, I, I think the I was hugely surprised to see the odds against for this match, to be honest. Um, you're backing them at plus one one four. I'd have had them odds on. Um I think you've heard me say on on here on the podcast a few times that there's there's a handful of teams that are, in my opinion, must back when they're at home and must avoid when they're away from home. Uh, one of those is Spurs. I really, really don't like backing Spurs away from home. I think they're really um, they've got a lot of question marks when traveling, but at home they are generally fantastic um, from a performance to results to underlying numbers. They tick the box 
pretty much all the time under Antonio Conte. Five from five this season. They did the business for us last week, obviously covering the minus one handicap against Everton. Um, they've averaged 2.2 expected goals for per game and just 0.8 expected goals against per game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, and only one team has actually generated more than one expected goals against Spurs when playing at home. So that for me, they are a team that has to be backed when the price is right. And this, this week, the price is right. Um, Newcastle, I think we're both in agreement that they are, they're coming on leaps and bounds. They are definitely getting closer. They're bridging that gap to the big six. <laughs> Hung in at Manchester United, uh, deservedly beat a poor Everton team. Um, defensively, they've looked strong. Last six matches, 0.8 expected goals against per game, but they've had a very kind schedule. Um, even so, as I said before, that that figure, that defensive figure in particular, suggests that they are sort of raising themselves above the rest of the league um, in terms of being that best of the rest. Um, yeah, they, they've been very, very difficult to beat away from home, but the toughest away day, um, you know, has come at Anfield, which was to be expected. Deservedly lost that game. I know you say it was a very late winner. They they were second best throughout and were fortunate to to perhaps even be in the game at that point. Um, and yeah, I, I think Spurs Spurs are worth chancing at this price. I think I really do. I, you factor in that that you know Antonio Conte is the manager. The performance in midweek was so passive that he's going to give them a right rocket ahead of this match. He really is. Um, so I, I think that they are a very, very good price um, this week and, and one that we should be getting involved in. I don't think you'll, you'll see this opportunity very often throughout the season. To back Spurs against a non-Big Six team, odds against, I think it's a very rare occasion. So, um, yeah, take it while you can. Newcastle might not be a top six team, but they should be. They've only lost once that season. That was the Liverpool 98th minute. Should have never been. I know what you say on that. They played City to a 3-3 draw. Brighton were on fire earlier this season. They outplayed, you know, they they, they went toe-to-toe with them. And it somehow that game was a goalless draw. Showed some metal going to United, coming with a goalless draw. Their discipline, uh, Bruno Grimmerich, has been outstanding. Th- this team continues to create chances. They're dangerous on the counterattack. I think they're a better side than Spurs. I've been sour on Spurs. I think they've been overrated from the hop this season. Um and Newcastle's a team that just doesn't lose in games like this anymore. Just Eddie Howe has done a fantastic job. Um, I think that, you know, the sum of the parts is is greater than the individuals within this team. Um, much like the United game going to, going to Chelsea this weekend, Newcastle, I think they can come away with a win. I, I can't see them losing this game. That's why I'm making a very similar play for this one. I'm going with the handicap. Plus 0.25 again. If the game ends in a draw, it's a half win uh, at plus 109. <laughs> you give me a plus number and, uh, uh, you know, you, they come away with a draw. I think this game could have draw written all over it, to be honest with you. And a draw would be a good result for, for Newcastle in this game. Uh, that's just a number I can't pass up on on a plus number. We are going head to head again. We are. Yeah, we are. I just, I don't like yeah. who. Yeah, you, you, you say that Conte will lay into this group. Who's answering the bell? So on um, aside, aside from the one substitute appearance, he got a hat trick in about twenty minutes. He, he's he's being a shadow of himself this season. He just hasn't looked up for it. Harry Kane is being isolated to a large extent. I think the Newcastle centre backs are really good and are difficult to break down from a defensive perspective. It's just I, I look at this Spurs team. You know, 
Dyer, Davies, Bentoncourt, Hoiberg, like Doherty. Like I'm just, th- these aren't top four quality Premier League players for me. I, other than Antonio Conte's CV, what makes anyone think that this Spurs team is good enough to finish top four? It's beyond me. I just, I think what you see is what you get. And I think it's just an average side. And I think that Newcastle is better than average. Yeah, you could be right. I, I I think the I do think that Spurs are a completely different animal at home, though. Like if this was at St James's Park, um, I think you'd probably see Newcastle going off at slight favourites. Uh, but at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I do I just think that they are a completely different team. Well, I don't, I'm not sure what it is. Whether it's the the atmosphere, whether it's the you know they're comfortable there, they've got familiarity. But the the numbers that they put up at home are complete, are staggering compared to the away away. It's almost like two different teams are playing, um, two different Spurs teams when they play at home, when they play away. That's what it seems like from a numbers perspective. But um, yeah, I take on board what you're saying, but I'm not changing my pick. You're not convincing me otherwise. I'm taking Spurs at the price. Uh, I just think the price is too big. Could be proved wrong because you know Newcastle are trending in the right direction. Um, but I'm I'm happy to ride with um, with the Conte rocket. I'm not even sure if I'm capable of changing your mind uh, on anything, (laughs) to be honest with you. But also, do do not underestimate, it it is a critical Champions League tie on Wednesday. Um, Spurs are atop the table of Group D. They're on seven points. Marseille's on six. Sporting's on six. Eintracht Frankfurt's on four with two match days to go. It's one of, if not the most competitive group. And it's a massive fixture on Wednesday. Uh, so something to keep in mind here as well. So just another yeah, reason why I'm on Newcastle this weekend. As we discussed earlier in the pod, um, sometimes to his detriment, Conte does not change his team. So uh, he won't rotate players ahead of the Champions League game. He'll probably play the same 11 in both matches um, and expect them to give you know 110% for 180 minutes over the next four days. So, um, yeah. Good luck I, with that. I, I, yeah, what are we... I think I'm, am I one up in the head-to-head battle so far? You so are, to, you are. You're looking to level her up. Okay. Yeah, yeah we go, yeah. we go, we go. So, <laughs> it's a good game as well. I'll be messaging you on Twitter. That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure, <laughs> that knife, when it, when it, it, it cuts deep. So, um, I remember the pain last time around, but I like Newcastle in this game as well. Let's go rapid fire really quickly. We have to chop and change this a little bit because these final fixtures uh, feature the four teams that are playing on Thursday. We don't have the complete data set in order to proceed forward. Uh, The first game in rapid fire, both teams did play midweek already. Everton, they lost 1-0 to Newcastle. By the way, Everton only had one shot in that game against Newcastle. But I kind of like their midfield and the robust nature of this Everton side. They've only lost lost once this season by more than a goal. So they've been largely competitive in games, even when they're outplayed. Crystal Palace now, now unbeaten their last three, coming off a 2-1 victory over Wolves. Uh, is there a play to be made in this game? Everton Palace, two teams that show in spurts that they can be competitive, but largely have underachieved this season thus far. Yeah, um, no bet for me in this one. Um, I would, if I was having a lean, it would probably be uh, under two and a half goals. Be a low scoring game, as you said. Everton they're very rarely involved in high scoring games, and they they don't get beaten by a two goal margin very often. Uh, and Crystal Palace, their last away match, if if they continue playing like that at Leicester, I mean, they're going to have a load of nil nils from now to the end of the season. So, um, yeah, I, I've got no bet in that one. Okay, um, for me. Uh, Everton, uh, draw no bet at minus 118. That's my play here. Um, Palace haven't won an away match all season long. So, uh, and I think that Everton at Goodison Park, 
they've been better, beat a much better side home than away. Just a small play there for that one. Uh, Wolves in Leicester City. Yuck. I have absolutely no play. Uh, Madison returns from suspension and Didi will be out for Leicester. Wolves just five goals in 11 games. Uh, They do, however, have an XG of 11.9 in those games. Uh, Do you have a play here? I do not. Nope, nothing for me either. Really difficult game to call. It could again be a really cagey match given the league position of both teams. So neither wanting to lose too much ground on a on a potential relegation rival. But yeah, no bet for me. No bet for me in Aston Villa, Brentford either. Brentford coming off the nil-nil against Chelsea. You mentioned those sides you like to bet on when they play at home versus away. Brentford is one of them. They're a regular play for me at home. Away, they are not. Uh, and too many questions around this Villa side to back them in this match. Agree. No bet. Want to swerve. Uh, Leeds United and Fulham. Uh, Leeds do play Leicester City on Thursday. Fulham uh, are, are hosting Aston Villa. Uh, I kind of like Leeds here. I, I think they've been, they've been playing okay. Uh, I guess the Fulham side who play nowhere near as, as well away from the cottage as they do at home. Uh, as a side that's still dealing with some injuries, I, I kind of like Leeds at plus 110 for a small play in this one. Yep, snap. Um, exactly the same bet. Same reasoning. Leeds' home process has been really good. They were really good against Arsenal last week. Really unfortunate to lose that match. And Fulham away from home, they've been oh, conceding loads of good chances. Over two expected goals against the game. And if they continue that at Ellen Road, then Leeds will create plenty of chances and score a couple of goals. So yeah, Leeds to win. Leeds also has won their last four head-to-head against Fulham as well. And finally, some Monday Night Football, West Ham and Bournemouth. West Ham are coming off that 1-0 loss to Liverpool. Interestingly, um, West Ham has the seventh best expected goal differential in the in the Premier League, despite being lower in the table. And based on info goals numbers, their expected uh, position right now is fifth place in the table. So this is a side that's been underachieving. Bournemouth finally lost the game 1-0 to Southampton. Their XG is still miserable. The only side with an XG this season that's less than the games that they played, 8.1 through 11 games played. Uh, I'm backing West Ham with the handicap. Uh, give me a full goal in this one at minus 101. So if they win by a goal, uh, you get your money back. I think West Ham can put multiple past Bournemouth in this game. I think where this is where you see Bournemouth start to unravel and the numbers, which haven't been great, start to actually show in terms of the actual results. Yeah, same bet again. Um, West Ham have really looked, looked like they've found a groove uh, of the last couple of matches, creating a host of chances, um, over two expected goals at Anfield and at St Mary's. Over three and a half got expected goals at home to Fulham last uh, a couple of weeks ago. Bournemouth away from home, again, like Fulham, they're just shipping loads of chances. Um, and yeah, I think West Ham could rack up a bit of a score here. You know, they, they look to have found a bit of a groove, a bit of a rhythm um, after, after bringing in a couple of new signings, taking a little bit of time to gel, find a formula. Um, but they seem to be trending in a really good direction now, do West Ham. So yeah, West Ham minus one on the handicap. Just on that. 2.68 XG against Liverpool, 2.05 against Southampton, 3.52 against Fulham in their last three as well. All right, your best bet of the week is? My best bet of the week is going to be under two and a half goals in Chelsea United, plus 102. All right, we just covered it. My best bet of the week, West Ham, 
<laughs> with the handicap minus with a minus one at minus 101. The XG is looking good. They've been underachieving. For me, they're playing the worst side in the Premier League. Uh, West Ham at home to win big in that game. Uh, I'm on that. And I will be on that with a significant number on Monday night. Keep my fingers crossed as well. So I'm backing United, Newcastle. Out of spite towards you, the Newcastle, <laughs> uh, West Ham, and that City first half play. The, the, I was considering making that the, the goal total of over a goal and a half in the first half against Brighton this weekend. But those are my favorite plays I'm making. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, best of luck. Uh, for all of our plays uh, and Premier League predictions articles, go to pinnacle.com. Plus, we'll have Champions League predictions and betting resources. So keep an eye out in early November for our next UCL uh, betting blueprint show where we'll break down the Champions League as we come out of the group stage as well. Follow us on Twitter at Pinnacle, at Pinnacle Sports on YouTube, at Gareth Wheeler, and at Jake Oz, O-Z-Z on Twitter as well. Odds are correct at the time of recording, and as always, please gamble responsibly. Uh, Good luck this weekend, Jake. The best of luck to you, um, with the exception of the Newcastle Spurs game. (laughs) I was about to say the same Go on, Newcastle! (laughs) I'm going to be playing Sam Fender all weekend. Just hoping that (laughs) provides some good vibes. Uh, Good stuff, Jake. Have a great weekend, okay? You too. And this has been Intel Insights with Intel Gold, courtesy of Pinnacle.